cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody to the PWCC Weekly Hockey Auction Live Coverage. Today is Sunday, March the 5th, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank all subscribers, viewers, podcast listeners. If you're not yet subscribed to the channel, please take a moment and do so. Let's get to it, though. Let's bring out our co-host. Here he comes. Here he comes. There he is, Josh Madigan. What's going on? Welcome back. How have you been? I'm well. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm ready to do this yet again. I have to warn you, though, Josh, I had some technical difficulties last night on Sports Cards Live, so if my internet fails me, you're going to have to carry the show. So I'll get back in here as soon as I can uh, once once I get that figured out. If it happens, I just wanted to let you know. You just never know what's going to happen here in the world of the interwebs. But um, with that, man, I mean, listen, we've got 222 hockey lots, hockey listings on the weekly ending today. We had 386 last week. So it's come back down a little bit from the week before. But we're still up from the week before that, which was 213. So I think we're in a good place. It would be it'd be a little scary if the auction just kind of grew 150 hockey items week over week over week. I think it's good to have a more steady growth. But what do you think? Any sort of comments on kind of the amount of hockey we're seeing on these PWCC weeklies and where you think it might go in the future? Well, I think people need to stop listing their Pokemon cards first and start listing more hockey cards so we have more to to talk about. But, you know, that seems all the rage lately. I don't know, actually, what to think of it, Jeremy. Is it part of me thinks that, well, hockey collectors just collect more than any other gr- group or segment of the hobby and we don't sell as much stuff Um or is it the hobby really this small? I, I don't think so. And and one of the you know areas where I'll give PWCC a lot of props is, as you know, we follow sales very, very closely. We're kind of data people. And especially for vintage, PWCC kills it. So if you, if you have a high-end vintage card, this is probably the place that you want to sell it. So I don't think it's a PWCC thing. At all? I, I don't know. You, you've been in the hobby longer than I have. So you, you tell me, Is it? does it surprise you that there's this few hockey cards? Or do you think it's just more collectors that don't like to sell their stuff as often? Well, what is the answer here? You know what? I think the answer is a little, I'm going to take the easy way out. And I'm going to say, I think the answer really is that most of the hockey cards reside in Canada. And PWCC is, a, is an American company or a company based out of the U.S., I think that's probably one of the reasons why we see an inordinate low amount of hockey relative to basketball, baseball, football, Pokemon. I think that's maybe the biggest kind of barrier to there being more hockey on PWCC. So um, the fact that, you know, during the premier auction, we get anywhere from, you know, like one to five or six items uh, on there out of a couple hundred is, you know, it's just more evidence of that. But you know, 
let's face it, the U.S. is a big country, 10 times the population of Canada. There are still, there's, uh, what, I think we have six hockey teams up in Canada, six Canadian teams, maybe it's seven, I'd have to count my head, and like 25 in the U.S. So there's a, there's a lot of hockey fans down in the States, that's for sure. You know, yourself uh, and Troy included. Troy's going to be joining us. We're going to bring on our yep. first special guest onto the Hockey Weekly coverage that we've ever had, and that will be your partner in crime on the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast. Troy Iverson, looking forward to having him join us in about an hour's time or so. But, you know, I think I think that's really what it comes down to, Josh, is Canada. You know, hockey is our national pastime. It's not baseball. And down in the U.S., it's baseball, not hockey. And now basketball and football have really had these meteoric rises as far as collecting goes relative to baseball. So I think that's what it comes down to. But like you also said, hockey collectors really are passionate, might be the most passionate collector group out there. Uh, for the size that it is, and I don't really, I don't want to compare wrestling. Wrestling collectors seem to be extremely passionate as well. But sure. as far as hockey collectors go in the big four sports, or the four major professional sports, I think that they're probably the most loyal collectors uh, out there. Uh, baseball will give us a run for our money, but basketball and football, I don't think will. So um, I think, like you said, maybe there's a bit of a apprehension for hockey collectors to sell their cards versus you know, basketball and football. I think you had a really good answer though, because you're right. All the hockey cards are in Canada. I can say that for certain where Troy and I have collected our whole lives here in the state of hockey, where you would think there's good cards. And we've told the story before, but when we went to the expo last November, that's the first time we had ever seen a 1951 Parkhurst in person in our lives. Yeah. I assume for, if you grew up in the Toronto area and you were collecting sports cards, that that's a ridiculous statement. But it is true. We have never, we have never, so there's no good cards here. So please send them to us. We'll take them. Right. Exactly. Reminder to everybody, extended bidding starts in 24 minutes. You do not need to bid ahead of time to qualify. Extended bidding is now all access. That is now permanent. They've announced, PWCC has announced that is now permanent on all their auctions moving forward. So that's pretty exciting. You can bid whenever you want, but the extended, the I guess the impact of extended bidding now are those shorter bidding windows. You know, if a bid doesn't yep. come in in the first half hour on an item, then that item is over. And then after a half hour, it goes down to five minute windows and then one minute windows after that. So we should see this auction ending, you know, maybe a few minutes later than it otherwise would have with extended bidding. But from our experience, Josh, over the past, over the month of February, we didn't see too much of an impact on the length of the auction as far as the hockey cards go because that's all we look at uh, on this episode but in any event uh extended bidding will start in 23 minutes so if anyone out there if you are bidding on cards if you are selling cards let us know we'd love to be aware talk about them and see if we can kind of help you make a decision or give you some opinions that sort of thing happy to do that josh are you uh do you have your eye on anything today I don't, but Troy has promised that while he's watching the first hour of our show here, that he's going to be an active bidder. So maybe we can get people to make him spend more money. That's always fun. Okay, so let's make Troy spend more money. That's the goal for today. We have picked out about 25 or so of the items, of the hockey items available tonight that will be ending this evening that we're going to go through and look at, just like we did last week, Josh. Uh, I did. I did listen to uh, both of your podcasts this past week. 
great job. And I added the cards that you and Troy did cover on the podcast to the to this bevy of cardboard beauty that we're about to look at. Uh, I'm going to share the screen right now and let everybody see what it is that we are looking at. Uh, when we do that, let's say hello to Jake Dahl. We got Eric in the house. What's going on, Eric? Jeff McMahon, Chuck Clement, and Mitch Grotman in the house. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining. So to, this this says 223 results. Uh, you may notice I've said that there's 222 hockey listings. I noticed there's a baseball card in the mix here tonight. I think it was just mislabeled uh, by PWCC or you know maybe uh, flagged flagged hockey should should maybe it's also in the baseball uh, search. I don't know, not sure, but we're going to focus on the 222 hockey items. We'll just breeze by a baseball item if we see it. Uh, but let's let's try and jump in and uh, let's start looking at these cards. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Here we go, guys. We're going to start with the 1951 Parkhurst Maurice Richard rookie card. This is an SGC 7.5, and it has been given the exceptional I appeal award by PWCC, meaning the top 15% of SGC 7.5s that have crossed their desks. Now, I, I'm going to start off by saying, I love I love the Maurice Richard rookie card. It to me is the second most important, but it's not very far away from the Gordie Howe from the same set. To me, they're like a pair. You want to put together a beautiful pairing of cards. You grab an, a 51 Parker's Gordie and a 51 Parker's Maurice Richard, and you have kind of the the two best cards by quite by quite some gap. Uh, to, from number three, which would be the Terry Sawchuk rookie, a great card as well. But to me, Howe and Richard are far and away the best cards in the set. This is a pretty nice copy overall. I looked at it closely, and uh, let's do that actually, Josh. I'm gonna I'm gonna open open up the image itself, and let's take a little bit of a zoom. And here's what I look for when I when I inspect this card, everybody. I'm looking. I'm gonna see if I can. Zoom in this way. There we go. So what I look for is, first of all, this black background above the boards. Is it black? Is it solid black? This one, beautiful. Beautiful, solid black. The red seems to pop. The blue is popping. Looks like a really nice copy overall. Uh, I did notice that if you look at the top border, it's a little bit narrower here than it is over here. Not a lot, but there is a I don't know if I want to call it tilt or it was probably actually just a bit of a, a minor, minor. I don't want to, I'm going to use the term miscut, but it's not an offensive miscut. But I do think that this border, there seems to, seems to be angling up a little bit. So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, or it's a little bit diamond cut. Because when you look down here, it's also seems to look like it, it angles up a little bit. However, the two side borders seem to be from where I'm looking, pretty much perfectly vertical. So uh, tough to tell exactly, but hey, PWCC's given it the uh, the exceptional eye appeal award. SGC gave it a 7.5 uh, back in their old days. And um, you know what? Pretty nice copy overall. Josh, what do you uh, what do you think of this card? I know it's one you had your eye on. Yeah, we really love the Rocket Richard 51 Parkers. And I'm a little nervous to say this, I'll admit, because we're trying to come to Canada next month and I'm not sure I'll be able to get in. But 
I think Troy and I like this better than the Gordie Howe. Is that bad? Well, no. hey, first of all, the G- Gordie Howe played his whole career in the U.S. and Maurice played his whole career in Canada. So I don't think that's bad. Um, it's we we us Canadians would probably like that, but we love Gordie as well. But I gotta ask, why? What 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 is, what do you like about it? Uh, it? Yeah, just please, why? I just like the. I think it's the photo of the card a little bit better. Uh, the colors, I think, pop a little bit more. I don't know. It just seems deeper than uh, and richer than some of the Gordie Howes that I've seen. No, I'm not going to. You want to give me a Gordie Howe? You can. I'm not going to turn it away or anything like that. But I don't know. I, I just. And to me, hockey cards are so goals driven. Of course, Gordie Howe had a lot of goals, but uh, Rocket Richard, right? That's the, you know, synonymous with goals as well. I don't know. Maybe it's a little just a zig when, when others zag, but I like this you know, card better. You know what I, I was thinking? You said it looks almost deeper or something, I think you said. So I just pulled up a picture of, of a Gordie Howe rookie. And there's a there's a fundamental difference between the two cards that I've never specifically noticed until you mentioned it right now. And if you look at the Gordie Howe on my phone here, you'll notice there's nothing in the background. It's just kind of, uh, just kind of I don't know, not there. Whereas yeah. in the, on the Maurice Richard, you've got the dark, the the black background where would where there would be glass in today's game or the crowd, and then you've got what looked like rink boards, and you even have an ice surface. Whereas in the Gordy, you've got nothing. It's just Gordy standing, uh, a, a silhouette against a a nothing background. Maybe that's why Josh does that shed any kind of light on perhaps why you like it better. I think so because there's more depth to it there's something too i like uh rocket richard's (laughs) this is gonna make me sound like crazy but gloves better than in the gordy Howe. there's something to me about how's gloves that always i don't know they just seem kind of weird to me but again i I like the gordy how how too just if i got to choose which one i would probably pick the rocket richard yeah well hey fair and it's an i think it's an underappreciated card uh overall because it does seem like Gordy gets most of the love in terms of these cards, but here we go. It's at $9,250 right now. And, um, you know, this is a fine copy for somebody who's looking to add. I mean, if this was, I want to say if this was in a PSA holder, I think it would be a lot more than $9,250 right now. But again, you know, buy the card, not so much the grade or the holder. Buy the card. I do, I am a fan of PWCC's Eye Appeal Awards because. There is a, you know, not all sevens are the same. Not all seven and a halves are the same. So they've seen a lot of copies of cards. So that's something I think is is worth kind of looking at when you are purchasing a card. And if no one in the chat has any comments or questions about this, uh, you're, you're um, you know, Josh, at the beginning of the show, Eric came on and he said, I love this guy. He's talking about you. He says, God bless him. But now doesn't like you so much after the Gordy card comment. So you've lost Eric's love, but hey, I know Eric's easy to win back. He's Eric's, uh, I Eric's to, easy. He liked me for a time and, and I can live with that. I, I do have one more thing I want to add about this card that is interesting to me. So this exact card, the exact one, same serial number, sold last March in the PWCC weekly for 21000 US. Wow. So there's a pretty big buying opportunity right now for this card. 
$21,000 a year ago, and now it's at under 10 grand. Well, it's over 10 with buyer's premium. It's about 11, but it's uh, a bit over 11 actually, uh, but it's half of what it sold for a year ago. Um, the consigner of this card is probably sitting here hoping that we he gets some more bid, he or she gets some more bids on it. But um, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. We'll keep our eyes on it. Let's move along. Uh, before we do, Collector's Dream, good evening. Thank you for joining. And look at that. Since I last woke up this page, the Tim Horton PSA 8 rookie received a bid. It's at $8,750. I, I love the card, Josh. I love the Tim Horton rookie. I own this card in this grade. I'm a huge fan of it. I believe that it sold. it has sold for quite a bit more. I think it's sold close to $20,000 in the past in a, in PSA 8. I don't know about this copy here. This is population one of 14. So 14 eights, seven have been graded higher in history, according to what PWCC is telling us here today. Uh, I mean, if you got to know, Tim Hortons is synonymous with Canada, synonymous with coffee in Canada and synonymous with hockey cards in Canada as well. Uh, I like the background on it. You'll also note that his 53 Parker's card, his second year card, uses the same image of him, but blown way up, which is a cool, a nice cool pair to put together if anyone's interested in doing that. I believe there is a PSA 8 of that copy available tonight too. It might be right over here. Do I have it up? There it is. So there's the PSA 8 of the 53. So if you look at the picture of him here on the 58, sorry, on the 53, then you look back here. You notice it's the same. It's the same image, just uh, portrayed differently. Josh, fifty-two Parkers, Tim Horton. You know I love this card. I talked about it on the master class on your channel, on your site. What do you think about this card? And what do you have to add? Oh, I think it's pretty awesome. It's a great action shot. I love the crowd in the background. Of course, an iconic player. One thing I can add, and I'll verify in a minute through the PSA website, but at least on Card Ladder. A PSA 8, the all-time high is showing for me as 10500 US. Okay. So with buyer's premium, we're probably pretty close to that right now. But yeah. so we could have a record tonight uh, with this card. And you know what? I just, uh, I just took a look at my personal copy of it, which is also an 8. And this one here, I'm going to open it up for a moment. This copy is definitely a better centered card than mine. Mine has richer colors, which I do like, but I do love the centering on this copy here. I'm just going to unshare the screen just to show you guys. Well, actually, I'll put it up beside. So if you can see my, this is my personal copy. I don't know if you can tell, but the blue, jer the blue you know, jersey and hockey pants he's wearing, a richer blue than the copy than the copy uh, offered by PWCC today. However, centering better on on that copy there, better on the copy on PWCC. So definitely uh, something to consider. And I mean, this is a this is a very nice very nice example. It's a tough card to find centered in any grade. I'm noticing as well. You know, when I mentioned the the color, if you look at my copy again in this corner here, you notice that there's not really any where on the on the on the color whereas in the on the copy available you've got a bit of i don't know if that's where or just light ink light printing on the card but overall 
this is still this is a, a I mean that centering is uh top to bottom it's off a little bit but I don't notice that as much the side to side this thing is just beautiful absolutely is there so, a big difference in 1951 card to card in the depth of color or the contrast of, of color is that a common thing that you have to look out for it's common with 51s uh for sure with 52s Oh, 52s. Yeah, sorry. Um, 52s. I haven't noticed it really uh, until right now, to be honest. Okay. I haven't noticed it as much. So, but you know, when I looked at this Horton card before comparing it to mine, I didn't notice that it that there was maybe any sort of light print going on. I just thought it was a very nice example. At uh, just that, I mean, that centering is uh, it's wonderful. You just don't see them like that. So I really like it. Okay, let's go to a couple comments here. We got more people in. Uh, toilet is back. What's going on? Toilet says, I often see SGC slabs of 5152 Parkers that appear in really good shape but are only graded A authentic. I always wonder if they're trimmed. Does SGC authenticate altered cards like that? I think SGC will um, will do the same thing that PSA does and just off the, slab it and call them authentic. Uh, but I don't want to verify i'm gonna say i'm not 100 percent certain on that josh can you shed any light do you have do you know how that goes i do not know sorry mike double v says love the old parkies 52 and 53 cards are almost identical i always get them mixed up well size wise mike 52s are smaller that's the easy way not to uh eric wants to know does the card come with a dozen donuts i think i think you could probably convince someone at pwcc to throw in a dozen donuts or maybe an extra-large double-double. Speaking of which, I had my very first extra-large double-double of the year today when I met, went to meet some people at a Tim Hortons to give them some advice on their hockey cards. What's a double-double? Right. What's it? Sorry, what's a double-double? Yeah. It's double cream, double sugar. Oh, uh, okay. That's what it is. That's the, the Tim Hortons lingo. So this next card, this one's really interesting because it's not a card that was ever on my radar. I believe it's a third-year Lumley. He's got his rookie in the 51. I love the image. I love the card. It's it's it looks like a look could be a wall hanger. It looks like just a beautiful piece of art here. Uh, it wasn't a card that I had favorited, but then I heard the Hockey Cards Gong Show. And I believe Troy picked out this card, wanted to talk about it. I'm glad he did. It brings our attention to it tonight. When I brought it up earlier today, when I kind of set my set up this browser with all these tabs, this card was at like 1800 bucks, 18 and a quarter, something like that. And then when I woke up all these pages just before we went live, I saw it zip up to 4600 and I thought, wow, first of all, good call by Troy. Thanks to the Gong Show for addressing the card on their pod. And um, what a beautiful card. It's got the eye appeal rating of, uh, above, of above average. So top 30%. That's the A designation right there. It's a PSA 8. It's a beautiful card. Beautiful card. Josh, what, I mean, you guys talked about it. What would you like to say? You know, we didn't know much about Lumley. So I'm kind of talking for Troy here because this was his pick. But just going off of his notes and me uh, listening to the show too, being there is... You know, just finding cards where you have players in kind of weird or funny poses where he's doing sort of the stack pad save. And what's great to me a lot about 
cards, and especially for us that we're, we're more uh, learners on the vintage side, is we see cards like this where you have a totally unique picture. It looks like he's making the save. And then we go in and learn about the player and find out that he's a Hall of Famer, right? What won a Stanley Cup. Personally, I love the 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 maple leaf on the jersey there. I don't know. I just, that really kind of is a focal point. Uh, I think his facial expression is kind of funny too, but uh, I don't know. I just, for all quirky and weird reasons, just love this card. The centering is beautiful. The, the color of the stock is like exactly how you want it. It's not too bright. It's there's minimal staining edges look great. Corners look really good. This corner up here is, isn't perfect just from this, magnification but i'm with you i noticed the the emblem on the jersey but the face i love i love the look he's got his tongue half out it's almost like shoot is that puck gonna come hit me in the face or what there's no helmet back in these days guys no helmets no goalie masks these guys took pucks to the face on the regular i don't know if, if they're if they're absolute warriors or if they were just missing a few screws i don't know what it took to get out there and do that but this is a beautiful card that was not on my radar in the least, but now it is because I'm not in the market for a high-grade PSA 8, but I would definitely like to pick up a nice PSA 6 in that grade area at some point in time. So thanks to the gong show for probably costing me some money one day, but for, again, highlighting what is a beautiful card. My, my favorite fun fact about him that Troy found is he's the youngest goalie to ever play in an NHL game at 17 years old. Yeah, that's nuts. Absolutely nuts. All right. Well, th thanks for the fun fact, guys. Uh, Eric here says action shots back then are rare and really should be seen as a premium. Usually the players are just posing for the photographer. Yeah, that's that's pretty much true. Uh, Mitch says Harry Lumley, in my opinion, overrated, redesigned, in my opinion, overrated, redesigned his pads though, to make pucks deflect down onto the ice instead of back out to opponents for rebounds. Pretty innovative. There we go. Thanks for that, Mitch. And David G lets us know that it's number one in the set. Always tough to get in good grade also. Yeah, exactly right. And simply because back in those days, kids wrapped their cards in elastics with the top card, with the number one card on top. So uh, definitely true. Beautiful card. I got to think this is going to be a, a record for the card, if not close to it. I I don't know what the uh, pop is in terms of nines or even tens. Do you have that data handy by chance, Josh? I do. So this is a PSA 8, and it's a pop of 15. There's only one card graded higher yeah. than this. The last sale in January of 2022, so a little more than a year ago, for the PSA 8 was 4,440 US. So we're already ahead of that. The top sale, though, is a covid era sale it was in april of 2021 again for a psa 8 sold for 6170 us so we're a little ways away from an all-time high and i wonder how that one looked compared to this one which does have an eye appeal award so interesting yeah. uh but we will we will uh continue to watch this one as the night progresses let's go on to the next card which uh, i touched on a little bit earlier the 53 parkers the second year tim horton a card that I I love. I believe it was last uh, within the last couple of weeks during doing the show. I was bidding on one of these cards. 
Uh, this one I'm not going to put a bid in on the centering left to right. I'll just wait for a better centered copy of it. But if you, uh, I'm, as I scan the card, like I just love the card. I, I love the image. I think it's just so awesome. And, um, you know, if you are somebody who centering is not the end all be all, which it shouldn't be for everybody, but it is for many. If you let, if you can get your head around, you know, this card not being perfectly centered, I think it's like the edges, the corners look pretty perfect to me from here. I could, I could zoom in a bit more and have a bit of a better look without getting too crazy. But yeah, I mean, this thing, colors look nice and vibrant. The border looks to be really nice. It seems to have a little bit of tanning going on right down on this corner here. I don't see it as much over here. That could just be a function of light over the years. This is not a pack-pulled autograph, everybody, nor was this an in-person. It's just a facsimile. I know everybody watching probably knows that, but I'll just point that out anyway. But overall, I love the card. The centering keeps it from something I'm not interested in for myself, but you know, you're probably going to pay less for this one than you would for one that is uh, perfectly centered. 1400 now. I think the one a couple weeks ago did closer to uh, or did a bit over 2000 I think. I think. So any comments on this one, Josh, even though we kind of touched it before? 1560 was the sale a couple weeks ago in the PWCC Weekly. Got it. Okay. So, okay. All right. Yeah, well, I, I tend uh, to like the 52 a little bit better just from a card aesthetic perspective, but this guy right here. So yeah, yeah I love the 52 Josh, but the 53 it's bigger too. Right. And I just sure. love how it's, it's a full size card and you get the same image to me. They're a pair. I wouldn't, I would take the 52 first, but the 53 is nice as well for sure. And it looks like it, uh, we came over here. It's at 8750. Uh, what this got a bid since we last looked at it, it went from 46 yeah. to 4,700 this uh there we go we'll move on to the next card now which i pulled this one out uh, to look at because again this is a third year doug harvey doug harvey is one of the key rookie cards from the 51 parker set so it's his third year card you know it's his first full-size card it's another one josh i've become really and i've talked about it on shows and on instagram i'm becoming so much more of a potential buyer of non-rookie cards of hall of famers that are beautiful where the image is beautiful the card presents well like doug harvey is a he's a hall of famer he's he's a defenseman he was basically bobby Orr before bobby Orr came along and and kind of took it to the next level um I, yeah i think it's just an amazing card i think it's gorgeous do you think it's beautiful or am i is it just me no i totally love it i just have no idea who he is that bad well it's bad no it's what's good is that you don't pretend to know things you don't and what but is it bad no you're what i love about what you guys do is that you are learning with your audience in a, in a lot of way but you also put in the legwork and do the research so you're actively learning you're not just sitting back and taking in lectures you guys are out there you're, you're grinding the learn i don't know if that's a term or not but i just use it so i'll no, take it's it not, it, I'm trying to say it's not bad, but he's somebody you should be aware of by now. Sure. So um, okay. re research him. You'll 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 come to be impressed. And I just think it's a gorgeous card. Absolutely. And look, it's it's you know it, it's got it's off center a bit to the left. 
similar to the uh, the, the Horton we looked at from the year, but yeah. seems to have a bit of a registration issue. Uh, and I, I say that because looks like the this blue up here is a little mm-hmm. bit, I don't know if that's meant to be there, that strip of kind of blue coming across the top of the card. It's got some border coloring this this little thing right here i don't know if that's you know just um pulp of the paper coming through or some sort of you know aging of of the stock it could be that as well you've got a bunch of these little dots on here i don't think that i don't think those are not they may be natural but i don't think they're like intended to be there so that might throw a few people off but corners borders are you know wonderful his face is a little bit blurry to me. I think that's got to do with this with this blue strip up here. So one of the play, and also you see the the this kind of blurriness yeah. right above his shoulder. So there there is a, a a registration issue with the card, which I didn't even notice when I looked at it. Like you know, at this level until I zoomed in. But um, you know, hey, it's it's still a great copy for three hundred and seventy bucks. And I don't know how that ranks versus other copies because I haven't studied the card. I just think it's a beautiful piece of art, if nothing else. Anything you'd like to add, Josh? I just have a question that I've noticed in the parkies that we've looked at so far. In all the paintings, the skate laces are yellow. Is that just to make them stand out, or did hockey players really have yellow skate laces back then? I I don't know the answer to that, actually, but I like the observation. Maybe someone in the chat can help us out with that. Before we go on, a couple comments. Mitch thinks it's a beautiful card, says... Doug Harvey, top three defensemen of all time. So there you go, Josh. I mean, I you know, Uh-oh. really, he was the he was. Uh, it's hard to say the Bobby Orr before Bobby came or came around, but he was like the best defenseman until Bobby Orr came around. Then you got Bobby Orr, and then after Bobby Orr, if Mitch is, I'm gonna guess Mitch's top three. Uh, the, the third is either like Lidstrom or Bork or Coffee or something like that. Not 100 certain who Mitch would go with. Um, HCP locker room, get to catch y'all live. Good to see you here. Thank you for being here. And Tom Harrison says, Jeremy, when do you ever sleep? It seems like you've been on YouTube <laughs> for 24 hours. Yeah, two shows today, and uh, I think I did, and I did two shows yesterday as well. We did a late show last night. So, yeah, Mitch says that Doug Harvey has seven Norris trophies, and Tito says some of the laces were waxed. There you go. Sure. Name, what's going on? Name from Indigenous Rookie Cards is with us. And uh, and Tito says so they didn't move as much the the laces that's why they why they waxed them. All right, let's go to the next card and see what we have. I don't even remember what it is. It is from the same set, guys. I love this fifty three Parker set. I, I don't know. That's really all I can say. The fifty three Terry Sawchuck. I mean, oh man, what a beautiful card. Let's let's blow it up a little bit. Three hundred eighty bucks. Like that's not. It's not expensive for such a beautiful card, at least in my for for in my opinion. Seems to be something something going on in the bottom left corner here. What is this? Yeah, it seems to be some staining almost. This mm. corner has some. It almost almost looks like it might have had some water damage at some point that dried. That's what that looks like to me. I'm kind of tracing at what I see is the outline on it. I mean, that right there is enough for me to pass on the card altogether personally. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about the card outside of that. Um, centering side to side, side you know side to side centering. It's a little bit wider over here than over here, but not too bad, not too bad. T- 
top to bottom, it's sitting low. So this image is sitting low and to the right, like that way, that way a little bit overall. I love the pose. I love the image. I'm not sure if it has a registration issue. It does seem to be a tad blurry, but not too bad. It's almost as if the yellow plate was set down a little bit, a little bit to the left. You see, and why I say that is you can see this yellow coming off his face here. I know I'm picky with registration, guys, but it's my number one thing. And then you see the yellow coming to the left of the red over here. You see it over here as well. So listen, you don't have to nitpick like I do. I, I think this is a bigger concern, the lower left corner. This card graded out. I believe it's a seven. I mean, I'm I'm actually surprised it graded that high with that with I believe this is a stain. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe that is meant to be there and all the copies have it. I don't think that's the case. I think it's like I don't think I would have graded it that high because of that. It's a it's a definite eye, you know, it's gonna take away from the overall eye appeal. I think for me now, my my eyes go right down to this left bottom left corner. All that said, though, listen, I don't wanna I don't wanna kind of you know be negative about the card uh completely just based on that because some people that won't bother and if that if you're that person then overall it's a decent card the back is interesting it's darker than what i'm used to and it gets darker as you go down maybe that's mm-hmm. sign of like this corner here is where you have that stain on the front so maybe maybe it is a water damage thing or something else i'm not sure if anyone out there watching kind of knows what might have happened to this card or what you think the impact is or what left it to be impacted this way. Let us know, even if you just have some guesses, because I'm curious now. What do you think, Josh? Any comments on it? I think it's a real cool card in general. So if you go back to the action shot and the stick there with a the puck on it right near the bottom and look at yep. the angle of Scott stick, he's taking this puck in the face, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, you're right. It's going to go from here onto here and then boom, right right up into his face. That's like a pinball shot almost. They should have had like a parallel after the puck hit him in the face and knocked all his teeth out. So, uh, <laughs> but I don't think parallels were a thing back then. I don't think they were a thing back then either. I'm going to close those down. Uh we'll leave it at we'll leave it at that. Well, hold on. Mitch has a comment here. Mitch says, "Looked at a few other copies. They don't seem to have that stain possibly happened post grading." That's interesting. Maybe there was some condensation that somehow got inside this this slab at some point in time. These things are sonically sealed. They're meant to be waterproof. I don't, you know, some some slabs are easy. You can pop open easier than others. So it's definitely, I, I think it's definitely a possibility, Mitch. Not sure, but I like I like the call out. I'm glad you mentioned it because if that's the case, uh, then I don't want to say that it's overgraded by the grading company. But despite all that. 380 bucks. I mean, I don't know what a, what a nice six goes for. That would be something I would look at just to, to get a, an idea. Um, Tom Harrison says, Jeremy, I'm sure you're coming to the expo in Sherwood Park, but will tag grading be there as well? Tom, I will definitely be there. And uh, I don't know. I don't think tag, we're going to have a full team like we will in the, at the Toronto show, but I'll definitely be up there representing tag as well as my own, my own booth and look forward to seeing you there. Uh, LGC makes the comment, you want to see bad registration. Look at the Opichi Gretzky PSA 8. Yeah, we, we've seen this card several times on the on the auction on PWCC. I think this card gets recycled every couple of months uh, here. I don't think there's been a happy buyer of that card, so they keep on relisting it. 
but we'll take a look at it because I know the card well. I feel like I've analyzed it a dozen times by now. T-Dot says it's a moisture issue. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought too, T-Dot. T-Dot, yeah, we, yeah. Terry Sawchuk suffered some of the worst facial injuries as a goalie. I think he had something like 80 pucks to the face over his career, something crazy like that. And Hockey Cards Plus, welcome, says crazy thinking of them playing without goalie masks. It really, really is. And Jake Dahl says, in my opinion, Jerry Cheevers had the best goalie mask with the stitches. Yeah, no doubt about that. He did. If anyone hasn't seen the Jerry Cheevers goalie mask, go take a look at it. All right, Josh, let's move to the next card. Ken Dryden. Talking about goalies. Ken Dryden. This is this is a special card, and I haven't zoomed in on it yet. But based on the grade, it's a PSA Mint 9. Based on PWCC giving it their top eye appeal award, being the superior, the S, top 5%. I mean, that's that's rarefied air right here. Let's take a look at the card. Let's take a look at this card and see if if I agree with the with the S rating. And I do own a copy of this myself, also in a PSA 9 holder. And so I've got a bit of familiarity. Uh, you know, overall looks good to me. I noticed a couple of things though. First of all, the, the image, the print quality looks to be almost perfect. You know, minor, some minor print defects, a little fisheye right there, which is very faint. I mean, I, I wouldn't even worry about that. A little bit of white on the top of the D there wouldn't bother me. Like these are things that I would happily own this card corner, top edge corners look wonderful. Right edge looks wonderful to me. Bottom right corner, perfect. Bottom edge, exactly what you want to see. Left edge has that Opeachy rough cut. I'm okay with it. Doesn't doesn't bother me at all. But just note, if it bothers you, you can see a bit of fray coming off the left edge here. You see a, a nice chunk of it. And I like this. You see that chunk of it right there? I don't mind that at all. The one thing I mentioned that kind of I do notice, and this is, it's minor, and it doesn't say it doesn't qualify as a nine or even the with the uh, superior eye appeal rating. This border here is just a tad narrower than this border here. I don't I don't know if it's 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 a, I don't think it's worse than fifty five forty five. It's probably a little bit better than that. But just just to just to be you know fully descript descriptive of the card, I'm noticing that. Um, I think we should take a quick look at the back and then Josh. I want to get your thoughts on this card. And hear what any of you guys have to say. But the back of this card, yeah, you can see the you can see the, the rough cut over here. Again, not, not not something that I penalize OPG cards for. Yeah, back looks looks really nice to me. You know, you can see you can see fibers in this in the card stock. I, I never I, I never uh, mind when I see that. I, I like it actually because uh, you can tell that that's just natural. Though not like not like what I noticed on the Doug Harvey. 53 earlier. Um, so this card, 4,200, 4,400 now. Josh, um, what do you think of this card? It's awesome. It's from my favorite set of all time. Love 71 OPG. I like you. I kind of like the wire cut sort of frayed edge. To me, that doesn't bother me at all. Just a couple kind of facts and figures on the card. At PSA 9, it's a pop of 62 there's 11 PSA 10s. And then from a sales perspective, the all-time high for a PSA 9 was in February of 2021. 
at 6600 US. Last okay. sale looks like it was at the PWCC weekly last month for 3960. So we're already pretty far above that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this I think we're going to see this one get more bids simply because of the uh the superior eye appeal rating and it it is a gorgeous copy of the card. So, I won't be surprised to see this go for I mean, hey, it could stop here, but if this went for 7 or 8 grand, I wouldn't really be that surprised. Um that would be I think normal to me. Uh I want to uh Tom Harrison says there's a famous photo of Terry Sawchuk with the scars. So, I'm just going to show you that's the photo right there. I actually featured it in a, a reel I did a couple months ago. So crazy. There it is. You can see it on my on my Instagram. Uh, T says this is one of the most iconic goalie cards. Yep, I agree with that on the Ken Dryden. Eric says Jerry's is legendary, but my favorite is Steve Shields. Jake Dahl says I had to look up the Sawchuck photo after T mentioned the scars. Yeah, he is a warrior for sure. For sure. Hockey Card Plus. I have a VHS tape about years ago with Ken Dryden hosting NHL bloopers and practical jokes from the 80s. Tito says cards, card looks slightly discolored on the back. I think it's just the I think it's I honestly think it's just the the stock, like that sheet of, of cardboard that was used. So it seems like it goes lighter from left to right. I'm not seeing that. Great card says hockey cards plus. I definitely agree with that. All right, let's close these extra windows down so we can manage this and go to the next card, which is from the same series, the Guy Lafleur rookie card. This is a, a PSA seven, so not a you know not an eight or a nine, not super high grade, but it does have the superior eye appeal rating, top five percent. Uh, I a, I mean I love the Guy Lafleur rookie. It's a card that I coveted since the you know since 1986 or 1987. I always wanted one. I bought my first copy off of Joe Daly in Winnipeg when he was in his St. James location. If anyone who knows Winnipeg or has been there knows what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, this is a nice copy. I mean, the so, you know, a couple of minor print print defects there, there, right there, the top of the blue oval. Um, I don't consider those bothersome. They're defects, but they're not deal breakers for me. Side to side centering. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. Top to bottom. Maybe it's sitting a little low on the on the on the cardboard canvas. Let me just get the whole thing in view. Maybe it's yeah, I think it's sitting a little bit low, which is probably maybe why it's not graded higher. But as far as a 7 goes, this thing is beautiful. The focus is there. Definitely. Take a quick look at the back. Let's see. Yeah. You know, tilt off centered on the back with some counterclockwise tilt. But again, it's a seven. So I'm not too concerned about it. I think it's fair. I think it's a really nice copy. And I, I can't say I disagree with the P PWCC IPL award of superior for a seven. I've seen way worse seven. So I really like this card. And I uh, want to hear what you have to say about Gila Fleur, Josh, and, and this card perhaps uh, in specifically as well. Who is he? Just kidding. I know you I know, know who I know, is. I know who Guy Lafleur is. It's one of my favorite cards. It might be my favorite hockey card of all time. Love this what? card. For, oh, I love it. I, I love the mutton chops. I love the set design from 71. To me, it's a top card. Probably like most in the set. I, this is a really nice seven. So one thing I just noticed that I hadn't before. Take a look, really good look at Guy 
right? With his mutton chops and everything. And go back to Ken Dryden. It looks like Ken Dryden was painted, and that looks like a photo. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that... Is that a painting? It does look like a painting. Doesn't it? Is is it, though? I don't... Ah. I don't know what that what that is. If that was a photo or a painting, I don't think it would have been a painting. But yeah, but Jared, the it, photo I, quality then is so much different and so much crisper with Guy. Oh yeah, in yeah. that. Uh, well, it's also the it could be the mask. Maybe they did some airbrushing on the hair or something because we can't really see his face. And then you look at the eyes, and I mean, now we're getting in and we're seeing the we're seeing the print dots already. So. It's tough yeah. to say, but that's something I've never considered, never thought about before. But uh, hey, interesting, interesting observation. And uh, we'll have to, maybe somebody knows, maybe somebody knows. What does Mitch say? He says, I always thought it was funny that they put a space in Guy's last name on that card. Yeah, yeah, I, that's something I, I noticed that uh, as well. Yeah, La Fleur, Guy the Flower. That's what that means. All right, well, let's go on then. Let's. This is the card that we were talking about a few minutes ago. Uh, so let's open this one up and take what feels like the tenth or twelfth look at this card. But you know, it's it's in the PSA eight holder near Mint Mint. And when we talk about registration issues, this card is a great case study in terms of um, like looking at what is. What is a, an example of a Gretzky rookie that has a registr has registration issues? And, you know, the first place we look is really to the word Oilers. And how does it line up with the word Edmonton? Well, you can easily see that it, it kind of takes a step down. It's not on the same plane as the word Edmonton. And it's also reflected on the oil drop down here as it sits down and to the right. It's not a perfectly placed oil drop. It's not centered in the, in the pocket here, the blue pocket. You also can notice that I'm just going to zoom in as I did his face. It's blurry. You can find much clearer versions of his face. So look at this blue shadow coming off the right of his face. You see it over here as well. You see it over here. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, you shouldn't see this blue right here. And you know, even the word the 99 on the on the arm is blurry. You see this what I'll call magenta, probably some magenta. It's almost like the magenta and the yellow plates were both played. Maybe they were placed in alignment to the right. Because you see this nice solid orange line coming down, which shouldn't be there. This should be solid white between the two black borders. And you see it coming right down to there. You see more of that over here. You see some red or orange over here. You see it over here. You see it over here. So, and you also see it along his legs. These should be, there should be white. It should be like his, his shin pads and then white being the ice, not this orange stripe coming down both of his legs. So I really don't like this copy at all. I don't know if that's been made clear or not, but I'm just going to say it really uh, just directly. I don't like this card. I think it's overgraded. Um, the, you know, even the black borders here, they have, they have some just printing issues. They're not as dark and solid as I'd like them to be. The bottom right corner is also not eight worthy. It's not 
eight worthy for me either. It's uh, there seems to be, I can't zoom any more, but there seems to be some, not just on the corner, but also in into the corner surface a little bit, some, uh, some flaws as we come up. I mean, top edge looks pretty nice. This corner doesn't bother me, even though it's showing a touch of white. This corner's got a touch of white. Um, that does bother me as for the for the grade. Left edge looks really nice to me. Bottom left corner looks pretty good, but not perfect. Um, the centering, though, like listen, let's call out the good. We I think I've I've kind of criticized this card, but look at the centering. The centering is like bang on. The centering. Is it bang on? Maybe it's a tad to the right, but it's it's a it, like from a distance. This card presents pretty nicely. What catches my eye though is the blurriness and the the letter T here. This I want to show you the T again, guys. This like it's almost this print defect here with that break in the T. I would not be able to get over that. <laughs> like if this was my copy, this would bother me to no end. So. Um, yeah, this is a, you know, it's, it's a PSA eight. I'm, I have no problem telling you guys that this is overgraded. There's no doubt about it. This would not be an eight today. I don't think it might be a very strong seven might even get a PWCC. I appeal award if it was a seven, but as an eight, this is about as weak of an eight as I've ever seen. And I just don't recommend this card. And, and I think, I don't think the PWCC customer base likes it either. Oh, it has the above average. Yeah, I cannot. I just. I think PWCC missed the boat on this. I think they're. I think they should reassess. It's probably too late, but yeah, this. Um, I just don't recommend this card personally. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't be happy with it. But if you are, hey, all the power to you, um, Josh. What do you well, think? Well, that was a great edge. Can you zoom in? And I want to see the uh, the logo on the Oilers jersey there again, just to the zoomed in. So, do you remember? Do you remember going to 3D movies and you had to wear those stupid glasses with the red yeah. and blue? And then at some point in every movie, you took them off to see what the screen looked like. That's what the screen looked like. Isn't yeah. it? Where it's yeah. like everything is all the colors are wonky. And for me, this card, I lo- the teardrop on his jersey is where it loses me totally. And then the other thing I'm thinking about is we just looked at a 71 Gila Fleur PSA 7. That from a condition perspective, it, it's not even close to this eight. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually really surprised. Listen, the centering is what is its strong point. It is actually pretty nice from here. And unfortunately, I don't think the hobby and the grading companies give registration as much uh, as, as much importance as it deserves. To me, it's the first thing I look at with a vintage card. Registration, then centering, then corners and edges, and even surface. I mean, yes, registration is a, is a surface thing, I guess, but it maybe it isn't. I mean, surface to me is the condition of the surface. Are there scratches, dimples, creases, wrinkles, indents, divots, pits, all these different things? That's the condition of the surface. And then there's the print itself. Yeah. This car, and I don't think, like you even look at the subgrades that Beckett puts on their slabs, there's nothing to address the print quality, the color, 
unless they mix it into the surface grade. And I don't know what PSA uses for subgrades because they don't show, they don't tell you how they grade or let you know what's wrong with your card. But this one's obvious. So I think I think PSA and PWCC both missed the boat on this particular card. I've seen as many PSA 8s of this card as PWCC has, I would have to think. And this is definitely not uh, deserving of the I appeal rating. And, and uh, oh, I just went to the wrong card. Sorry, here we are. This one here. Um, I'm like, what? $39,000 from 11? Uh, so... And, you know, I don't know, maybe PWCC can remove this above average eye appeal rating. I might not might not make the current owner happy, but um, I think a future owner needs to know that uh, Jeremy Lee uh, strongly disagrees with that assessment. All right, let's go to comments quickly here, guys, and see what you all think. Uh, so name one. So is there Reggie Leach up from that set too? Not sure name. Sorry, can't answer that. T-Dot lost out on a 65 Sacha Coca-Cola. Says, first thing I look at is Gretzky's face when bidding. This copy is a mutt. Yeah, I got to agree. Eric says the picture was taken in Hartford. T-Dot says, Springfield. You guys argue amongst yourselves, please. T-Dot says this copy comes with 3D glasses. And okay, good. So that's good for comments. Thank you, guys. Let's go to the uh, the tops copy now because this is a different story. Um, this copy is beautiful. I'm a big... I'm a big fan of the Gretzky tops rookie and uh, this, and I own a copy full disclosure. I own a copy of this. Um, now, did this get an eye appeal rating above average top 30%? Let's see if I agree. First thing I notice is the N has this print defect right here. That bothers me. I'm not going to lie that that bothers me. Uh, we have a fisheye here that doesn't bother me as much. It's a, it's a, it's not a perfect thing, but it doesn't bother me as much as this one. It's just not as, as it, it's not in as important of a location. Top edge looks pretty good. Shows a little bit of, little bit of wear, but you can't even really see it. I mean, that, that's nothing right there. I don't think that that would offend me whatsoever. This little bit here, my eye catches it, but Again, I'm zoomed right in. You zoom out, I don't think you notice that as much, but I can't deny that it's there. Coming down, like, look, it's a much clearer image. Wait till we see his legs. As I said, well, you you do have a little bit. You have a little bit of orange coming up, but not like the Opichi. Let's go to the oil drop. Seems to be almost perfectly placed. You have a series of, of print defects here. Like, that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be there. That one does bother me. These two I don't love seeing. But if we go, if you look at the oil drop, you can see the, I don't know if you guys can see this. I can. The yellow plate is coming off the oil drop to the right a little bit. So the yellow plate was, 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 isn't in perfect alignment. Um, yeah. I mean, this card is decent. Uh, centering looks really good. Is there a bit of tilt? I'm having trouble assessing if there's a little bit of clockwise tilt. There might not be. Listen, I mean it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a nice nine, I would say. Is it worthy of an eye appeal rating of top 30%? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign off on that today. I'm just not gonna sign off on it right now. But I don't know that I've seen as many copies of the tops uh Gretzky rookie in, in a mint nine as uh, PWCC has because I haven't focused on that card as much as I focus on the Opichi. So I'm not going to say anything about that because I just don't, I'm not educated enough, but 
Um, in any event, it's a rare card. PSA 9, I think there's like 100 and the population is about 110. And there's only like two graded higher. There's only two tens. Josh, come on in. Oh, and Troy's joined us. I see Troy in the background. So as soon as you're done talking about this card, Josh, we'll bring Troy on. Well, I'm never going to stop talking now. Because I want <laughs> all the spotlight on me. No, so a couple of things that it really stick out to me on this card. First of all, it's great just to see how you look at these has been very informative and educational. So I've been appreciating just following along for the last few minutes. It is a pop of 128. What's interesting from a sales perspective is if you look at the last four sales, and I'm wondering if this just comes down to the all 128 different copies of this card is it goes last four sales are 58,800, then 36,000, then 60,000, then 38,000, right? So it seems to really bump. I mean, that's a big 30 or $20,000 swing almost in, in four consecutive sales. Uh, so to me, I, that, that that is interesting. And, and I just don't know if it comes down to the intricacies of the specific copies that, that were for sale. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I don't know either, but maybe it is. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think that people are becoming more and more aware of eye appeal and looking deeper than just the grade on the slab. People are getting smarter. They're buying the card, not the grade, so much. And I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, this is probably an example that will sell right around here. I won't be surprised if this gets no more bids. Uh, you know, it does have the I appeal award uh, by PWCC, which again, I'm not signing off on that tonight, but if anything's going to get this to go higher than the, than the exact, than the, the data points that you just shared to us, it's probably going to be the I appeal uh, award. And I don't know that that's worthy in this particular case. So I would, you know, if those are the comps and I mean, comps, you know, are just part of the story. They're not the whole story. And all, not all comps are created equal. So I'm going to just uh, leave leave this one with this piece of advice for the crowd, which is, you know, proceed accordingly. And um, if it's for you, it's for you. Then I wish you luck, and I hope you enjoy owning the card. It's 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 not a, it's not a terrible copy by any means, but it it has. A, I have a few concerns with it. All right, let's bring out the man, the myth, the legend. Your partner, Troy Iverson. Welcome for the first time to Sports Cards Live and the PWCC Weekly Hockey Auction Coverage. Troy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. How are you fellows doing tonight? I'm doing good. I mean, I'm guessing you talk to Josh all the time. So, Josh, you don't, I, maybe I can just talk to Troy a little bit. How does that sound? I, I, that sounds great. I have one question Have you heard of Doug Harvey, Troy? I have. I've heard of Doug Harvey. Okay, so great. I'm just, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> Although Troy did at in the very early episodes of our show, just because I can't be embarrassed alone, Troy, he did. Um, we were doing a Norris candidates, and he did put Nikita Kucherov in as a Norris candidate. So I, I put Kucherov there, and then it didn't. It took me, I don't know. We probably went another 25 minutes before something in my head goes, "Hey, did you say Kucherov is a D-man?" I'm like, "Uh oh." So I had to correct myself, but yes, I did say that. So that's one of the things we always hold me to. Right on. Well, hey, Troy, it's uh, it's nice to have you. Listen, I mean, I listen to your, I listen to just about every episode of your podcast. So I feel like I know you, and uh, it, it's nice. It's 
And well, we did we did meet in person, we didn't did. we? Yeah, yeah at the expo, the, the fall expo we met. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like we don't know each other, but uh, it's it's great to have you and uh and thank you for loaning me your partner for these <laughs> shows on Sunday nights. I know that you guys do a lot of work on Sundays, and uh so and I I'm I'm grateful for it. Keep it up, you guys do a great job. But um, hey man, just welcome and uh Anything that you'd like to call out, anything you've heard us talk about yet tonight or any cards in the auction, which we do have all the ones that you guys talked about on your pod teed up, but I just want to give the give the floor to you and let you, you know, make any comments you might have. No, I'm just excited to be here. I love listening. I love learning. I'm glad you brought up the Harry Lumley. That was the one card I, I found in the or the vintage side that I just really loved and loved the look of it. So I'm glad you guys took a deep dive on that. But no, I'm just glad glad to be here and glad to learn and chime in when I can. All right. So, Josh, why don't we do this? Why don't we continue as we've been doing? Let's look at some more of the cards that we had looked at. Some cards are, are sold now, so we're going to see some sold prices. And, and I'll just ask both of you, and I'll probably go to you first, Troy, and say, you know, what do you think of this card? That sort of thing. Uh, before we do, very quickly, TDOT says the swings of the PSA 9 tops Gretzky are the grades within the grades, which makes a lot of sense to me. I think that that that's perfect. We got Baz in the house. What's going on, Baz? Good to see you. Says again that Doug Harvey was Bobby Orr before Bobby Orr. I think I've said that. I think you might not must not have got yet to where I say that myself. Okay, let's go back to screen share here, fellas. And the first card is this PSA 7 1990 Pro Set Stanley Cup. It has sold now for $2,760. Now that's a big number, I believe. Not not a unwarranted number. But I don't know that I've ever seen a, a Stanley Cup hologram lower than an eight uh, sell for this much money. So I'm, I'm happy to see it. Uh, it's numbered out of 5,000 on the back. One thing I can tell you, I do know this card pretty well, is this particular copy, if you are looking at one of these. Now, this one is no longer available, but this is off-centered. This is The cup is usually right dead centered on the card. This one's a little bit to the right. So I noticed that right away. You can just tell the gap between the, the, the letter P there and the letter T over there. But this card is more about the surface than anything else because these are so often the surface are just hacked right up with scratches going in all sorts of directions. This one is pretty nice overall, I would say. And um, congrats to the winner who took that home for 2760. Uh, I think I think we should just keep going here, guys, because I don't want to spend too much time on a card that is sold, where there are some cards that are still available to be bought, like this one here, which is sold <laughs> for 70 bucks. I love this card. I was actually interested in it, but hey, time got away from me. And by the way, this isn't considered his rookie card, Nicholas Lidstrom. It is a Young Guns, but it's actually the second card he has in the set. This is from the high numbers. This is card number 587. He also has card number 26 in this set, which is featured, which features him in his Swedish jersey, while this is his first Red Wings card in an upper deck product. And I do love this card actually more than the earlier one. Guys, Troy, I mean, I feel like you guys have probably talked about this at some point when a player has two cards in a set. Maybe you haven't. But what are your thoughts on this? Should this be a rookie card? Is it better than his rookie card because he's in a Detroit Red Wings uniform? How important is Nicholas Lidstrom? What do you want to say about this? I will personally say I like the card better because he's in a Detroit Red Wings uniform. To me, I want the NHL jersey. Just a personal preference. Love this card. We've talked about Lindstrom or Lindstrom a lot, how he's one of those guys just so undervalued for his rookie card. And it could be the junk wax there. It could be all that stuff that goes into it. 
absolutely love this card. I have a copy of it, not created, just a raw version. I love it. Yeah, I do too. It's my and it's got the Young Guns heritage on it, which I think is amazing. Yep. Josh, any comments from you on it? It's an amazing card. I would too would prefer this one over the Swedish jersey card. We talk about, like Troy said, we talk about him all the time. Uh, we're a total gong show, though, because we actually, on tomorrow's episode, had a big segment, but I called him Nicholas Backstrom the whole time, so I just cut the thing. <laughs> Too funny. I can't keep anyone straight. <laughs> well, that's like, and I told you about this. I haven't mentioned this to Mitch yet, but when I was listening to Mitch's The Cup Masterclass on the gong show, at one point, he's talking about the 0708 set, and he, I have to make sure I, he goes... Um, Caves and Tane. You got the Caves and Tane rookies instead of Taves and Kane. I don't know, Mitch, if you know you did that or not, but um, and I know it was just like a a, a, a Freudian slip kind of thing, but uh, it was pretty. It was kind of funny. But of course, you get you get a, a full pass on it. Just a, just a, a, a speech mistake, if you will. Um, here we have a '98 finest double sided Gretzky Hasek, uh, PSA nine pop one of one three graded higher. So. <laughs> It's funny. The pop is one. There's more tens and nines. Uh, 480 bucks. This sold for. Listen, I if I'm buying cards that have Gretzky on them, I want Gretzky to be on the front of the card. However, Dominic Hasek to me is the best goaltender of all time. Mm -hmm. So he might be the one time where I'm like, hey, Hasek on front. I'm okay with that. And I love I love the card by the way, Troy. I forget if this was your or Josh's call out on the episode, but whoever's it was, please talk about why you like this card. I, it was one my call, and I kind of cheated because I didn't know if I should actually call this a modern card or not, but I called it modern just for the segment. Absolutely love the dual, you know, big image of Hasek, big image of Gretzky. I always said if I won this card, if I had this card, I would have to figure out a way to have a display that I could set it on. It would slowly rotate around so I could see both sides because that's one thing about double-sided cards. Like, I personally would have Dominic Hasek because I'm a goalie guy and I love goalies. But I'd also want to see Gretzky every while, so I wouldn't want that thing to rotate around. But I just love, you know, it's a mystery refractor. I, or I love the name. I love the image. It's a really good picture. It looks really clean. The colors pop of it. And I just, I love this card. Did, did you buy it? I did not buy it. You did not buy it. Well, we do know that Adam Holgate won the Lidstrom. <laughs> Goes on nice. to say, glad I, glad I wasn't bidding. Well, I, I, I was thinking about it, Adam. So I'm glad you won it, man. And I'm glad that, hey, the fact that somebody watch, somebody watching won the card makes me very happy. Mitch says that I've spent way more than I thought I would in this auction. Well, share with us what you bought if you're willing to, Mitch. Would love to know. He goes on to say, I was hoping nobody would notice Tane and Caves. <laughs> well, can I, can I say in Mitch's defense real quick, Jeremy, that I think if they brought in someone to do a study on our show, I'm pretty sure everyone's IQ immediately goes down 30 points the second you go on our show. So <laughs> it's completely understandable that Mitch made that mistake because uh, th that's how we do it. That's how we roll. And you started that off by saying in defense of Mitch. And I'll just say Mitch doesn't need any defense. That was a, <laughs> and he knows, he knows what they're <laughs> called. He knows their names for sure. Uh, Toilet says any Hassock is good except the ones in Sen's jerseys. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you sometimes like there's not a lot of Hasek stuff out there, so sometimes you got to take it. Uh, let's see what comes up next here. I feel like a lot of these will have will be sold by now, but yeah. So Patrice Bergeron, Black Diamond rookie, PSA ten, three hundred dollars, pop one of eight. I mean that's a steal. This card uh, compared to what his Young Gun sells for, 
which there it's not a pop it's not only there's not only eight young guns um this is a steal for a rookie card bergeron's so undervalued and i don't use that term a lot if ever but bergeron i'll say i believe undervalued in our hobby what do you think what do you think troy is bergeron undervalued uh, in general oh for sure especially with his career and how he's still going he's obviously got over a thousand points there's these guys that me and Josh talk about all the time that are just like, I don't know what we call it, purgatory or they, we just, we can't understand like Stamkos is one that comes to the top of my head real quote. It's like, we don't understand what is going on with these guys. And Bergeron definitely falls in that group. Purgatory. Yes. You guys, I've, I've, I'm uh, familiar with your, all your different, you, you got the struggle bus. You've got, what do you call it? Who's hot? What's that? The, yes, that's the, who's hot. We don't have, yeah, a, we, don't, we can't afford a special bus for them. Only the struggle bus people get their own bus. Right. <laughs> they need the extra help. All right. We have this, this was a redemption card. Yeah. It says right in the title, 2004 SP authentic redemption, Alex Ovechkin sold for 1260. It's a PSA nine. People might, I'm going to explain what happened for in, with this card back then. If people don't remember, it was the lockout year. 0405 was the lockout year. Yet everybody knew, including Upper Deck, that Alexander Ovechkin was the first pick overall. And they wanted to find a way to get him in the product to, to increase sales that year. So what they did is they they created the card, but it was a redemption. You had to, you had to go through the redemption process. And then once he played a game, they then got the photo, made the card, and sent it out to the redemption holder. So it's kind of like a pre-rookie card. It's not a, I don't think it's considered a true rookie card. Uh, actually, I know it isn't considered a true rookie card. It's like an XRC or a PRC if there's such a thing. Maybe there should be. Uh, but that's what this is. And to me, it ha- holds a special place. I mean, Upper Deck had to be very creative to figure out a way to get him in the set. And back then, redemptions weren't as... Uh, running as rampant as they do today so um i think it's a cool card out of 399 his his upper deck ultimate collection rookie card from the next year the subsequent year you know is out of 299 has an on-card auto and is uh, a much i would say a much more desirable issue but this is a really cool kind of almost an oddball type of card to add to your collection or if you want to have a well-rounded alexander ovechkin uh, early, you know, rookie year collection, rookie card collection. I would, I would add this without hesitation. Personally, what do you, you guys have any thoughts or comments on this card? Are you familiar with it? And there's a Crosby as well. I was never seen this card before. Have you try? I have not. I just, I the only thing I don't like is the picture is kind of small. Like I can see the little square of it. I wish it was bigger, but it's definitely a cool card, and I like it's numbered. It's got some prominence to it. I love the redemption story. How they had to sit and wait. Tell he can play it to get a picture and put him in. Yeah, exactly. Well, CC, this is funny. I just noticed this comment says, good evening. There's a 2004 Ovechkin rookie card in the auction. Never knew he had a rookie before 05. So CC, I've since seen your comment or I spoke to it before. So hopefully that helped you understand what this card was all about. Continuing on. And I did, Mitch says, I like this. Mitch says, I'll share what card I won. After you guys talk about it, it's one if it's one of the tabs you guys have open, I want to see if you think I overpaid. So yeah, we'll see, Mitch. So here's a Crosby Future Watch Auto, SP Authentic. One of my favorite cards in, in hockey cards as far as like modern go. I'm a big Future Watch Auto fan. That's my rookie card of choice for a hockey player. And uh, I love the Crosby. I own a copy of this, of course. This sold for $6,900, a BGS 9.5. 
One of the things I noticed about this copy when I looked at it was the autograph seems to be pretty weak to me. And this might explain why. Now, I don't know what recent comps on are on this card, but I feel like it sold low. And, you know, I, I have to attribute that to this autograph, which is faded. It's got a bunch of lines through it. It's um, like, I, I, it's, you know, if any of you guys watching bought this card and didn't notice that, I have to say, I wish you would have noticed it because uh, it's, it's, I've seen a lot of these cards and I had, this is the worst autograph I've ever seen on this particular card. So, you know, uh, I just it's almost like more. another card was sitting on top of it when he was signing and might've put one on top of it and slid it. And maybe that's what made all the lines and stuff. Yeah. I can see all those now that you talk about it. That could be a part. That could definitely be something that scratched the surface and, and re resulted in that. Um, another potential reason could be that this was on display on someone's, windowsill or on a display and had sunlight on it and then when after the sunlight you know started to do its damage to the to the ink it it kind of uh disclosed or revealed some of the you know detail of the of the ink itself and where it didn't lay out properly i don't think that's the case i think it's more what you're talking about i think there was some surface sort of something rubbed up against it but it also looks to be sun damage so this one kind of got it from both ends it was probably the autograph probably was weakened after it was graded. And we can see that pretty much just by the Beckett 10 autograph. But despite that, it's also just not the, not the most beautiful version of Crosby's autograph that I've ever seen. I, I just don't love the autograph overall, but that said, someone just got into what is a, a an amazing card for, I think about half of what it should be uh, worth. If this was, you know, more, uh, more mint to, to gem mint condition. So interesting let's keep on going next up is the crosby young guns bgs 9.5 did 1620 bucks uh I, I my question to you josh on this one is just comps wise how does this how does this fare against other 9.5s one thing to keep in mind with this question is always because it's a 9.5 we know it's a bgs card subgrades there are several different versions of or combinations of subgrades on this card and this one is what I think we would call a mini gen, mini gem mint, meaning it's the lowest possible because it's got three nine fives and a nine. You, if either, if any of these nine fives became a nine, this would be a, a nine overall. So, um, Josh, do you have any sort of data on how sixteen hundred and twenty dollars compares to other recent sales? It's a little bit less than the last sale. So on March second, a I've never heard that term mini gem, but I like it because I've always wondered. You know, you have True Gem and then True Gem Plus, True Gem Plus Plus. Well, what do you call the minimum gem? Uh, that and then it sold for eighteen hundred and thirty-eight US on on March second. So a little bit less than that. Okay, so there you go. There's there we go on the on the Crosby BGS nine five. Similarly, uh, a similar uh, grade is his counterpart the. Ovechkin BGS 9.5. This one has a 10, two nine fives, and a nine. So this one is a has, you know, on a total, on a, a the best possible score is 40. That's a black label. A 40 is a black label. If all 39 and a halves and only 39 and a halves are BGS 10 pristines, non-black labels. And then anything 39 can be a 9.5. So this 
is a 39. It's, you know, you've got, but you've got the corners as a nine. So you've got one of those, you, you can't have an 8.5 on any subgrade and still get a 9.5 in a BGS holder. So this is a bit better than a, a mini gem by 0.5. So in any event, sold for $2,340. Josh, are you grabbing any sort of comp data on how this one did tonight? Well, there was a mini gem in February that sold for 4275 US. So I would say this is a steal. 4275 for a 9.5 with with three nine fives and a nine. Now, sometimes card ladder close sales that haven't been paid for. So there was another one for 3500, 3600. So maybe those are more in the in the right line of, of comps, but yeah, I, I and, and those are mini gems too. So regardless, yeah, I mean, it looks like this is a pretty good price for that the buyer made a made a good buy tonight. It does without without inspecting the card. I mean, the what the the grade that we're seeing is one thing. That was really one person's opinion on the day they graded sure. that card. I we could take a deeper dive. We're not going to because the card is already over now. This card has sold. But it does seem like that's a good value, you know. All if if this is properly graded, um, seems like great value for this card. And he scored, didn't he score two goals yesterday? Like he's still like playing that. and playing well. So I'm surprised that that today was the day to get a steal on an Ovechkin. And here's a PSA 10 that sold for 4680, so 4680 there. So d- exactly double, exactly double what the BGS 95 sold for. And if you were to put these cards both beside each other and inspect them, is one really that much different? I mean, you look at this. I don't know if you guys notice. I just did. I'm going to open these up for a second. And uh, we're going to take a peek at something here. Because there's definitely a centering issue with one of them. Now, if Beckett gave this copy a BG uh, a centering of a 9.5, so like almost perfect, I want to draw everybody's eyes to this edge right here on the glass, okay? Right there. Like, look at this edge from the red, from the top of the boards, the red, and up. Look at that. And now look at this copy. You see, That is not this right here. That is one of these dividers between the glass. This is not present on this copy here. Huh. Now, if if this copy got a 10, I don't know, is this the right centering or is this the right centering? I don't know the answer. And maybe you can tell by coming down and doing some measurements, maybe from, you know, between the, the his name here to between here. I don't know. I don't know the proper way to center this. Or you're looking at like the gap between the top of the upper deck logo here and the side of it over here. That's a that's a good indicator, actually, of centering if this distance here is the same as this distance here, then the card is likely perfectly centered. If the distance here does not equal this distance, then it might be off. And you look at this one, seems to be maybe that this is a bit smaller than this, whereas this one seems to be, and it's hard, it's almost like an optical illusion because you've got the, you got the guy's face right there. Wouldn't you love to be that guy? Have your face right there on the Ovechkin rookie? But then you got this. So it's kind of hard. I don't know, it's almost an optical illusion, but maybe this is the better centering. And that's why I got the PSA 10. If that's I the would case, think so then... because the plate wouldn't have that divider in the plexiglass if it wasn't intended to be in the photo, right? 
it's just not going to magically appear in one card versus the next. I know it. Yeah, that's a great comment, Josh. I know what you're saying. However, however, I had this issue with a car, a big card that I that I bought on PWCC, uh, and I picked it up from them at the Burbank show, and I was. Wondering what if I bought it as a PSA five, okay? And I was, yep. and I, I inspected the heck out of this thing, and I'm like, why is it a five? Like after I had it in hand, I happily bought it, knowing it was graded a five. I inspected it, and I can't figure out why it's graded a five. And I've like held it under the light. I've looked at, at it under magnification. I've looked at all the different surfaces of the card, and then I started looking at the centering, and I realized, well, this thing's off centered. And I compared it to other copies of the same card. And then I looked at the side that has way more real estate, and and there's detail there that that in with your what you're saying shouldn't have been there. So it's very strange. I'll show you the card. I'll show you what I'm talking about here. Let me unshare the screen for a moment. So this is my Jerry Rice '97 PMG Red. I bought from PWCC. You can see it's graded a five. Yep. The card. I don't know why it's not a seven or better. It's just, it looks perfect. And then I looked at the centering and I can tell it's even, you can't tell for sure, but look at the distance between the metal logo there and the letter J to the edge there. It's oh, a lot yeah. wider over here. I've also looked at other copies that have this pushed over that way. Yet up here, you see detail that is included, was included in the production of the card. So if I didn't go through this process, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to make the similar comment to uh, I wouldn't have been able to make these or or even have that in my mind about this. This you're saying that this wouldn't be there if it wasn't meant to be there. Therefore, it should have been in this copy, and that makes great logical sense to me. But then I ran into this issue here where I see the mm -hmm. detail on a borderless card. So. That, what do you think, Josh? What it, am I right, wrong? I don't know. It's it, it's fascinating, but it's another reminder. And I think this is the perfect example of this too, where so many people right now, because he is there's he's such a commodity, and this is the biggest commodity card for a Vetchkin. And I would argue, guess, and this is just speculation, that eighty percent of people are just buying the number. They're not buying the card in the case because they're thinking. I got to get an OV PSA 10 so that when he breaks a gold record, I'll make my 30% and flip it for, for something else. But, and especially when you're spending four or five, $6,000 on a card, you should really go through the level of analysis that you've just taken us through Jeremy, because there is a big difference between a lot of the, a lot of these cards. And it's not just inspecting this card. It's finding other PSA 10s and looking for, similarities and differences uh, yeah. I guess that's my big takeaway the, the last thing I'll say on this card in particular and why I love this card even though it's a commodity is I think it's one of the better photos of a young guns ever just look at the look on his face how determined he his is in the eyes. pose it's awesome yeah no I th I, I think you're right and I think you're, I think your 80 percent is probably pretty close to how many people are just really looking at the the grade versus the card. I will say though, I think I think if you are doing that, you're 
you know, I'm not going to be as critical if you're doing that with a, a modern card like this versus a vintage sure. card. Vintage cards, look at the card because there's such variation in production quality back then. Nowadays, it's mostly just centering that that really it, it you know comes out of the pack not perfect. So look at that. Otherwise, you can probably trust the grade on a lot of these modern base cards. Troy, what do you think about all this? Anything pop into your mind as we're going through it? No, I love the little tidbit about looking at the logo and kind of doing measuring the distances. And as you said, wouldn't it be awesome to be that guy in the corner? I started thinking, man, I need to figure out how to get my mug shot in the back of a back of a card. But yeah, I'll, I'll repeat what Josh said. I love the I also love the Capitals jersey in this one. You know, I yeah. love that that style. I think they used the or they used something similar for the retro designs for the Capitals. It was either this year, last year, something similar, but no, I love the card, and I, I do. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about the centering on this. But, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that when I first got into the hobby, I was one of those, just look at the number. What's the number? You know, they know what they're doing. They're the experts. Once you start talking to people and getting more into it, it's, no, you actually got to look at the thing and do your research and find other copies, talk to people, see what it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I like, you know, you talk about being this guy. And then you got a guy like Patrick Kane, who's got a million of his own cards. And then he happens to sneak into Sylvain Turgeon's card back in the 97 Pinnacle or 96 Pinnacle, whatever set that was, where he's been spotted in, in the in the, uh, in the the crowd. Pretty funny. Like, you like as if you don't have enough cards of your own, you got to go jump mm-hmm. on Sylvain Turgeon's card. Come on, Patrick. Okay, let's... Uh, Actually, before we go to the next card, which is this Patrick Wall, which is sold. Oh, look at that. It jumped from $280 to $600 and is actually still in play, unless it's not. Did we just come in when it... Oh, I think this card is still in play. Look at that. Yep, still in play. Okay, before we go that, going to go to a couple comments. Um, first one I'll address, uh, JP, good to see you, says, this discussion on centering is an exact map of logic I've used when trying to reconcile grades I've received on my graded cards. Difficult to determine consistency. Yes, agree. Goes on to say photo versus UD logo versus young gun stencil. So he's talking about the different attributes that you can look at when measuring centering. And then LGC says, Jeremy, can you please explain how tag determines centering? So I'm going to start, I'm going to address this, but I'm going to start by saying I'm not in the grading operations. I am not, I'm not in the grading department. I'm not our lead. We have, we have a lead grader who worked with the system. He does quality control with his team. Um, so I don't know exactly how tag grades the cards. A lot of that is above my pay scale and very proprietary, I believe. But what I can tell you about how tag grades or assesses, well, grade centering. I don't think this question applies to cards with borders, right? LGC, you're not curious with borders. It's easy. It's measurements. It's actual precise measurements to a thousandth of an inch, I believe, or not. Yeah, a thousandth of an inch, three decimal places. I think we show three decimal places on the dig reports, but I might've been told we go to four or five even. It's, It's an amazingly precise measurement on non-bordered cards it comes down to find a logo finding a logo or something else on the card that gives you um a baseline i guess something to measure from so that's i I believe that's how uh, how we do it at tag Uh, again i've never graded a card or or um been a part of the grading process i've observed it and kind of seen how the machine captures the image and 
that sort of thing. But I'm just not, uh, I get asked a lot of questions, guys, about tag grading that I don't have answers to because I, I work remote and I'm, I don't, I'm not privy to everything going on. So, but uh, sorry, I can't give you a better answer than that, LGC. But I can tell you that it's something that's very much, it's considered to be extremely important uh, as far as getting it right. Back to this card now. And more bids on the Patrick Waugh. Precious Metal Gems. Red from 2012 Fleer Retro. So this card, you know, there's only 100 of them made. Um, and oh, another bid up to 800 bucks. Pop one of five. Five graded higher. It's a seven, which is a very fair grade. The one thing that sticks out to me on this card, though, is the print line. This line right here is not meant to be there. That is not meant to be there and it shows up very clearly on the image you don't really see it down here but uh, and i'm surprised you don't but i'm almost certain that that is a print line i mean you have two almost two different shades of red on the card the nice thing is that it is it's a color match with his jersey has a bit of a i don't i, I don't know if that's part of his it's definitely not a skate his skate would be higher up so that might be a little bit of a issue right there but you know these are rare these are cards that honestly the grade doesn't even matter for most people. It's just about getting a copy and like taking what you can get. So I'm not going to criticize the grade of seven. I think that's probably right. And this is a card that like when, if you want a copy of this, you got to get it when you see it. I mean, it's not like there's none of them out there. There were a hundred made, but these are cards are getting locked away pretty quick as some of the most important Ooh. cards of the 2010s uh, in the hobby. What do you think, Troy? I mean, you're a goalie guy. You know Patrick Waugh. How do, two questions. How do you like the card? And number two, um, how does Patrick Waugh rank all time? So I actually love the card. And this is coming from a guy I've said on our show many times. I'm not, I don't get the whole PMG thing. It's not my gig, but I do like this one with the red background. I think it's a color match is what's important to me. I don't really care. It's a PMG. Those don't do it for me. But I actually think this card looks really great. And I love the back picture too. I love the, it's almost, it's almost like in the same pose. It looks like just in a different, you know, the red Jersey. And I love the old goalie equipment. It's got the blocker. I think it says fur. I can't remember what the brand was Furland or something like that. You just don't see that very often. And I love, I love the picture of the card. Love the back picture for me. Wah, obviously I grew up watching him. I love that. He was a giant goalie. I loved, he was aggressive. I love, he wasn't afraid to fight. Those, those are the things I love about Patrick Watt, definitely in probably my top three of all time. And that's just because he was personal to me. I watched him. I loved, you know, even when he coached, how fiery he was on the bench and getting in suspensions and <laughs> arguing with players, refs. He's just one of those fiery guys that I really enjoyed watching. Top three. So who are the other two? So, well, see, I'm, I'm then don't get me on stats because I'm going to no, have personal. Just... Personal, just your number opinion. one, just number your, one, not, not yep. skill. Like, just who are yeah. your top three goalies? Number one, Pelly Lindbergh. Um, my favorite card of all time is his rookie card. It's to me everything an '80s goalie should be. He's in the net, hunched over. It looks dingy, dark in the arena. He was my favorite goalie of all time, and obviously passed away from a car accident. And it's just that whole like emotional that came with that. Because I was a little kid. It's like, what? My favorite goalie is no longer around. So that was just. He's by far my number number one. Second one would probably be Dominic Hasek. I just, for how he played 
and the save percentages he put up playing just wild. It almost was like he was out of control, but I think it was controlled chaos. And he never gave up on a puck. And obviously, I'm a goalie coach. So and, those three guys, yeah, yeah. Lindbergh, Waugh, and Hasek are your top three goalies. I wasn't expecting to hear Lindbergh as a, a best of all time goalie. I'm not talking about your favorite card or or the best career even. I'm just talking about who was the best goalie in his prime, kind of. That's how I look at it. And I think, you know, Hasek is for me number one. Number two is probably Patrick Waugh. And again, I'm not talking about Jacques Plantz and even Ken Dryden's. I didn't mm-hmm. see these guys play. Yeah, exactly. Wah, Hasek, and Brodeur, I think, are, is the easy answer. And But Brodeur just, I don't know. Bro, Brodeur is number three for me. Even though he's got, you know, the wins record and the shutouts record and all these things. Like Stanley Cups, I mean, he's been great. But I'm, I'm a Hasek, Wah, Brodeur guy in, in that order. Okay, yeah. guys. And I, I, I mean, can never defend. I could never defend Lindbergh's stats because he didn't play that long. But to exactly, me, I, just, I just loved him. Josh. So yeah, a really interesting note about the sale is the highest sale of any graded copy of this card, irrespective of grade or grading company, was on November thirteenth of last year. It was a BGS eight point five that sold for four hundred and fifty six dollars. Wow. Yeah. So that's a big jump. It's probably that no one has seen one of these in so long. That's why, you know, it's not always about the grade. It's 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 about, first of all, like, and I understand Troy, and I've heard Troy say this before, doesn't get the PMG thing, and you don't have to. They're not for everybody. That's, that's the beauty of the hobby. But they're for a lot of people, and it just comes down to brand equity. And sometimes it's like, okay, I think it's getting to the point where a lot of people say, okay, I'm, you know, I want cards of these 20 players. I want their rookie card and I want their PMG or I want their rookie card and I want a really cool insert. And if you are favor, if you are sort of someone who favors PMGs, well, here was your opportunity to get it. And somebody, well, two people went pretty hard to get it. And, um, and I, I have no issue with this card at all at this price, even, even with that print line. I think it's a, I think that's a print line. I just, I'm wondering why we don't see it down here anywhere unless we do. And I just didn't notice it the first time. I'm going to zoom in on that one more time, guys, and just see if we see something down here. I mean, there is something going on. Hold on. There is something going on. Yeah, you do see it. It's very faint, but you see it right there. Yeah? You see that? Yeah. And yeah, I'm looking at the BGS 8.5. That was the previous record. And there is no difference in color throughout the card. So yeah, not every single one of these had that print defect. Definitely a print line. So talking about goalies, a couple comments. T-Dot asks about Brodeur. Yeah, we addressed that. Uh, T-Dot, Lindbergh's memorial card, which is, I mean, his rookie card is 1983 Opeachy. His memorial card is 85. The guy only played in the NHL for a couple of years. That uh, was enough time for Troy to fall in love with him as a goalie. But um, yeah, sad, sad story. Who knows what would have been. Mitch calls out uh, Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning, second among Active playoff uh, players and playoff wins won five straight Stanley. Even if he won five, oh, he says if Vasilevsky, second among active players, won five straight Stanley Cups, he still wouldn't pass Patrick Waugh in playoff wins. Yeah, I think Vasilevsky is a great goalie, but he's he's a, a I think he's a product of his team. He's played on a powerhouse for so long. Yeah, he can step up and save the game, but he doesn't need to do that as often as other goaltenders do. So I don't give him nearly as much credit as I think some people probably do. And I, this is going to sound weird, but 
there's nothing sexy about Andre Vasilevsky. Like as a as a and I don't mean sex appeal, you know. I'm talking about as a as a player to collect. There you know, it, it's like it's like a Nikola Jokic in basketball. Yeah, the guy's the best player for the last 3 years. But it's weird. There's nothing sexy about collecting Nikola Jokic. It's it's a weird thing. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. What well, we're trying to have of- talked about a lot recently is kind of the issue with the current goalies playing right now is they're all so streaky. They'll go on a two-week run where they'll have a 1.7 goals against and a 0.94 save percentage and win every game, and then they'll be terrible two weeks later for six straight games. So there really isn't that kind of Dominic Hasek presence where almost goes above the standard deviation of what a goalie is supposed to do and, and, and kind of breaks the norm. And you just don't feel that presence in, in net from really anybody, you know, Linus Allmark this year would be probably the closest thing to that. But you look at the year he's having compared to every other year in his career, and this is a huge outlier. So it's hard to believe yeah. that, that, that he won't regress to the norm next year. And, you know, I could come back to that and say, but Linus Allmark plays for the best team we've seen in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. However, you look at his stats, he, like he's, he's playing better than the rest of the team is. It's like his save percentage, his goals against are like unheard of this year. And I don't care, you know, what, what that might be a product of is that the opposition are not getting quality scoring chances because the defense is, is so good there. Maybe that's a part of it, but even still, I mean, he's facing a lot of shots and he's saving like what his save percentage is like in the high nine twenties or low nine thirties right now. It's, it's, it's stellar what all, what Allmark is doing. So, um, Troy, you're looking up some sort of something to feel like you're looking I, I, something up. I looked up Allmark. He's almost at 94% for it's 0.938 this year for his save Ama- percentage. I mean, that's unheard of. That is like, he's, yeah, he's, he's for sure Vezina winner at this point in time. And uh, possibly Hart. I mean, it's going to be hard to get that away from Connor McDavid, but I, th- I think it would be possible. I'm going to go to some comments here, guys. Uh, T Dot says Pelly Lindbergh's memorial card and PSA 10 is one of my favorite cards that I own. Junk Wax Museum calls out Felix Potvan all day as a favorite goaltender. I mean, Felix Potvan played for the Toronto Maple Leafs and was a stud. And when you play for the Leafs and you are good, you get extra hobby. You're, oh, you get hobby overlove, and he mm-hmm. had some of that. Uh, Seb says there's a PMG Red Patrick Waugh BGS 8.5 for 1100 bucks OBO right now available on eBay. If anyone's interested in that, Cra- yeah, Pelly Lindbergh crashed his Porsche 1985. Mitch says Vasilevsky basically eliminated my Panthers last year on his own. Toilet says he is a giant, seems to discount how good he is. Yeah, that's possibly a part of it. You know, when you're when you naturally cover that much net, you have an advantage, uh, but you also have a bit of a bit more trouble covering the bottom of the net. So there might be, uh, you know, kind of pros and cons to that. Peep says Patrick was selling a handful of cards out of his own collection last year, some of which were noted as from his collection. That's very cool. And Allmark scored a goal a few days ago. That's right, yeah. he did. T dot. I have him in my in my Yahoo fantasy. And would you believe it? Goals don't count for goaltenders in my in this one league I'm in. Oh no! Like, Come on. Come on. T Dot says, I agree with Jeremy with overloving for Pot Van, but the cat was good. Yeah, for sure. To Eric, sexy Vasilevsky. 
a new nickname has been created this evening. You can run with that one, Eric. I'm I'm good with it. All right, guys. So we look at it. I have two more cards to look at. Mitch is dying to know if either of them are, are cards that he bought tonight. So let's go to the next one, which is this one. Maybe this is it. I don't think this is up Mitch's alley, but maybe it is. I know you guys called out this card, 2013 Panini Prism. So second year Prism, the gold Prism numbered out of 10. Hockey gold Prisms were out of 10. Martin Brodeur. I mean, we, we were talking about him briefly. And listen, I'm not going to take anything away from, from Martin Brodeur. Uh, he's, he's, an, he's a legend. He's an absolute legend. An all-time great. He's a Mount Rushmore goaltender. 480 bucks. Uh, seems very light to me, I'll be honest. Seems very light. If, if this is your card, Mitch, I think you did very well. What do you guys, you guys talked about it on the gong show. Uh, who'd like to, to kind of fill in your thoughts on this card? Josh, why don't you go first? And I'm going to mention something about the card, like the picture that I just love. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the comp perspective because this is crazy. So there's only been two prior sales of this card. Both were raw. In 2015, it first sold for $22. Hmm. And then it next sold in 2018 for $36. So yeah. this, from a percentage gainer perspective, looking at a record sale, this would be the the winner of the night. And I just think, you know, what we've, I guess the last thing I'll mention is, and it's just more of a general statement on shiny gold cards. It's been a heck of a six months for shiny gold card values, where it seems like on the OPG side, the platinum side, you have the seismic golds, which are setting records almost every week right now. And golden treasures, even going to the one and one, and just that you know we as collectors seem to be infatuated with gold cards, and so not only is it a great card, is it an awesome photo, like Troy will talk about, but a card like this is a, I think, a heck of an investment. How about you, Troy? Yeah, can you do me a favor and bring in, zoom in on the front of it, or or click into it if you can? Yeah, let's do that. Let me uh, just open it up. I found this little hack do you want me to zoom in even more no, that, on a that's great i just i just wanted that's great i love this for two reasons the picture of him you know basically playing a puck is what it looks like one he was known for that he was a great puck player i think he might have the most assists and maybe goals for a goalie in the <laughs> nhl but obviously the trapezoid is basically due to martin brodeur and how he played the puck he was so well or so good at it that they put in a rule to stop him from going out and getting the puck and playing it so i love that he's in this image and also look at his grip with his goalie glove goalies don't do that today they turn their gloves around in the position they use now is called the turco grip where marty turco kind of invented it and they put their glove basically the other way over the top of it and it gives them a lot more leverage but i, I love this because it's old school and he he holds it how i held it when i played the puck when i was playing hockey nice I love it. That's see, I love the insight, Troy. That's a really there you go, guys. There's a, a nice nugget of info that you wouldn't have really. I didn't have any idea about the Turco grip or any of that. So uh really cool. It's it is a really cool image. And um Mitch has let us know that it's not the card uh that he bought. He says uh he but a couple guys agree here. Uh Tito says seems light, beautiful card. Mitch says Broder isn't the card, but agrees the sale is low, and he knows of a private sale of this Brodeur for higher than this sale. Yeah, I think this was, I think this was light. Definitely think it was light. Tito says Marty's mask, Marty Brodeur's mask was legendary. And then uh, just sort of uh, regarding Roberto Luongo, one of my favorite goalies to, to have watched. 
says he seems undervalued as a goalie. I agree. I thought I think Luongo is, is an undervalued goalie, uh, Jake. I'm definitely with you on that. Travis Johnstone, welcome to the show, says the Patrick Waugh is jersey numbered. There is an 8.5 fixed price for 12.50. Is it jersey numbered? I did not notice that. It's card number 33. That's what it says right there. Let's uh, let's see if we can zoom in close enough and see what the actual serial number. I thought it was 50 something when I looked earlier. Let's see. Yeah, it looks like 55. 55. It's really hard to see, but it looks like it's 55. So no, not a jersey numbered uh, PMG. All right, so let's move past that to the last card. Mitch, is this the card? Did you buy? I, this might be the card Mitch Mitch bought. Is this the card, Mitch? Let us know. In any event, guys, 2014. This is labeled as the Cup Exquisite because it is an exquisite branded card that was released in packs of the Cup. Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl, BGS 9, 9 Auto, which I don't really care about a 9 Auto in, in that I think it's as good as a 10 Auto in most cases. Pop 1 of 6, 2 graded higher. Let's take a peek. So the reason why the autograph only graded a 9 is simply because part of the ink went on to the, the, the hollow foil patch window border. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I guess some of it is actually missing, almost as if it slipped. Like, yeah, part of the auto is just not present because the, the pen glided over the dip in the patch window. So that's interesting. Maybe I can get my head around that as a grade. But overall, I mean, I don't really care about about that it still looks pretty nice to me what's what to me what's more important is the beautiful patch nice three color patch with like looks like about three million breaks in it i'm kidding of course we got all the stitching everywhere really nice patch only 29 copies made corners got an 8.5 edges a nine centering and surface both a nine five let's look at the corners for a moment top left i mean the light makes it hard to see that corner might be a touch of white there, might not be top left corner. So that's that's definitely not perfect. So I can understand the grade on the corner. Sometimes I find that they overgrade, like sorry, undergrade corners and are too harsh on them for my in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. So um, overall, I think it's a pretty uh, decent card. And what do you guys think? Though you got you guys mentioned this on the on the Gong Show podcast, so. I'll turn it over to you guys, whoever wants to go first. Well, I think this is my card, so I'll comment first on it. And I just love it. To me, he's the number one underappreciated guy. I think of like, if he played for Montreal, where would he be in the hobby compared to, because he's got like 130 points or something like that this year already. And nobody talks about him because the other guy on the team has more. Right. And uh, he's just, to me, an an amazing player. He just is plays in a long shadow that is cast by by McDavid. Uh, And I just appreciate the patch on this card so much that you kind of alluded to. The auto thing doesn't bother me. I I get why why it has a nine. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a I love exquisite. It's a I love the player. Love the patch. It's a an amazing card, and I wish I owned it. 
Yeah, he's definitely overshadowed in Edmonton by Connor McDavid. But, you know, like he he sometimes he'll get four points and McDavid will have one. Sometimes it's the other way around. He's definitely a superstar in his own right. Um, you said 130 points. He's got he's got I, I don't know if you were exaggerating on purpose. Maybe he's on uh, pace. He's on pace for, pace 130. for 130. That's yeah, he's got he's got 96 points right now. I, I just took a look because 130 kind of threw me. But he's on pace for 130, which is a huge number. And um, and I think uh, first of all, then and and so Mitch did verify that that is the card. Mitch bought this card today. Uh, yeah, he got a hat trick yesterday. I I, I recall. Um, I mean, I, what did this sell for? Sixteen twenty. I think it's a steal, Mitch. Never mind a good price. I think it's a steal. I don't know comps, and I listen to me. I'll kind of. Oftentimes, I will trust my gut on a price more than I will trust the comps. Why? Because the comps are based on a series of other people's gut feelings on what they should bid up to. And who's got the strongest feeling? Well, they're going to probably win that auction because they're going to bid the highest and outbid the underbidders. But I will often just think my gut is going to be almost a, a sometimes a better judge. At least I'm happy with that judgment of what my gut feels on the values of some cards. So with all that out of explanation out of the way, guys, I think that this is a steal. And Mitch makes a good argument here. He says, first year exquisite hockey, probably the best RPA in the set is part of the exquisite base set, meaning it's it's like it's a true rookie. I consider this to be a true rookie. It's numbered 50 in the base set. He says, not sure if Beckett would consider this a true rookie. My response to that is, who cares? If Beckett thinks it is or isn't at this point, I don't think Beckett is in a position to be that authority anymore in the hobby. And nothing against the fine folks at Beckett, but the hobby's too big for one company uh, to, to, to decide who a rookie, what a rookie card is and isn't, in my opinion. I think that's up to the, the collector, not Beckett. And so I'll leave that at that. But yeah, Mitch, I mean, 1620 bucks. I don't know what comps are. And I don't even care what they are. If any, if, if you can buy this card for sixteen hundred every day, I think it's a steal every day. Do you guys have information on on uh, comps? Yeah, we do. So this Wait. is the first graded sale of this card. The last sale was for a raw copy, April of twenty twenty two. So just about a year ago, for one thousand two hundred seventy two US. Twelve seventy two for a raw copy, and this is the first graded sale copy that we that we have. Uh, and you you're using uh, Card Ladder as your resource, yeah. So yeah, I mean Card Ladder misses some sales here and there, but all that said, I mean it's a good resource for sure. And um, yeah, I I mean yeah, uh, I, I I like the buy, Mitch. I, I really do like like the buy. I I think that. Um, you know, it's not like he's going to get moved ever. He might. Will he be playing with Connor McDavid? Will they play together for their whole career? If they do, I think that's going to actually help him a little bit. Uh, but in any event, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Mitch goes on to say the first 15 cards in the exquisite base set that year are autos out of 25, which I also collect. This sale was barely higher than a future watch auto in a nine grade. So the sale seems really low to me. Yeah, see that right there. When Mitch, Mitch, that's a great point. <laughs> barely higher than a future watch auto. There's 999 future watch autos. There's 29 of this card and it's got a piece of 
a piece of patch on it. But the patch is likely photo shoot and not that that's a horrible thing. Player did still wear the wear the jersey that it came from, but let's just confirm that. And I, I got to think that that's the case. Rookie photo shoot. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I had it right there. And then I clicked on the thing and where'd it go? Rookie photo shoot right there. Yep. So, but you know, it's a, it's a definitely a nice design element. Uh, and Hey, most cup RPAs are photo shoots too. So we're, it's not like we're apples to oranging uh, that, that comparison, but in any event, Mitch, even just the fact there's only 29 of these, this might be his best rookie card. Like it's better to me. It's a better rookie card than his Cup RPA out of two two forty nine. Like is that a twenty nine? There's ten percent, just about just under ten, just over ten percent. How is this not as good as the Cup RPA? Which what does that sell for nowadays? Mitch, you probably know what is. Yeah, I'm pretty passionate about this card right now. <laughs> awesome. T uh, dot says Drysital is a Brett Hall type player. And Mitch says that raw sale for twelve seventy two last year was also a two color patch, which makes it even more of an argument for this card here. So, yeah, I think part of the discount on this card is the grade, the nine not being a nine five, and the nine auto not being a ten. But sometimes that's where you can find some really good deals. And last on sale card- on the cup out of two forty nine. Sorry, Troy, it was seven thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, one of the one of these cases where I think the hobby is um, just missing the boat on some things. My own personal opinion. Uh, CC says would be very interesting to see what Leon can do without McDavid, Curry to Gretzky. Which, yeah, CC, I was thinking that when I was saying those comments earlier about playing with McDavid is it's that Curry Gretzky thing, and it didn't necessarily help Curry's cards, although it definitely helped his stats. Which means maybe I mean he's got some card. His rookie card is is it's worth something, you know. It's it is PSA ten rookie cards worth a few thousand dollars. So it's not like like he's he's a slouch from a hobby perspective. He doesn't have many cards out there, many modern autos and patches and that. But uh, I like this. Mitch says I will fix the nine auto grade with mm-hmm. pliers. Yeah, take it out of the take it out of that take it out of that prison. You know where Drysaddle really got me. And and I became a big fan. Was who was the what was the playoff series that they got knocked out of last year? It was who were they playing? Colorado. Was it it that series where he was basically on one leg and he would go out and play a shift and look amazing, play great, and then he would be coming off the ice and literally could barely make it to the bench every time, just dying, right? And then he's he he sits on the bench for a couple for a minute, minute and a half, and he's back on on the ice playing great again. And then they're dragging him back on back back to the bench. He was just such a you know I hate using the term warrior. It, yeah, I mean that that's it, hockey it, for you. We see a lot of memes about you know basketball and soccer players. How, what 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 causes them to leave the game versus what 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 hockey players will still in, stay in the game with in terms of injuries and getting banged up. It's pretty funny. Well, guys, that's the last card that uh, that we had pulled out to select. Let's see what's going on, though, on the uh, the main page of the auction. We started with 223 cards tonight. Well, 222 because one of them was a baseball card. I'm going to refresh and see if there are any that are still going at auction because we've been so – we've dug pretty deep into 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 cards. Oh, I, I, I deleted a couple. 21, 22, 23 cards altogether that we looked at. And um, let's see if this is going to refresh for me how many are still running. And I don't know. I'm going to close out. Well, let's see. Let's see if anything changed in these guys. So the, the Maurice Richard sold. For twelve thousand dollars, coming down from twenty-one, did you you say, Josh, last time? So yeah, this the exact particular card. card took a pretty big, exact card took a bigger, pretty big hit. I would just simply say that it sold for too much last time. I think it's, it's maybe a bit over two. One is this: the, the Tim Horton rookie card does eleven thousand one hundred dollars. A uh, great card, just a great card. Beautiful centering. The Lumley, one of your guys' favorite cards in the auction, does fifty six hundred and forty bucks. Very nice. A record, I would. I think it's a record. Maybe not though. Josh, I think a six. You might have said the one sold on for six thousand back. Yeah, yeah. The COVID yeah, era one or the COVID sale. Yeah, the Tim Horton, the second year Tim Horton PSA eight does two thousand and ten dollars. Nice to see the Doug Harvey. I really like this card. Oh, 750. Very cool. The Sawchuck PSA 7 with the water stain sells for 492. This is the Dryden PSA 9 with the I appeal designation does $6300. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. The Gila Fleur PSA 7, look at that. PSA 7 with the superior eye appeal rating. I have to think that this is a record for a PSA 7. Um, not sure. Josh, while you look at that, I'll go to the next card, but we'll come back to that. The Gretzky PSA 8 that I'm not a fan of does 13,200. So that's weak for an 8, but that's probably right. And that's still, you know, it, it's 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 probably right because a strong eight will sell for more than this, I believe. Uh, so it looks like the the buyers recognize that it's probably not worthy of the PWCCI appeal award in this case, and and bid accordingly. So I'm happy to see that 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 card didn't end too much higher. Uh, here we go. This PSA nine Gretzky tops rookie does forty three two from thirty six or so last time. So. Uh, we're kind of narrowing. We're 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 in yeah. the middle there, Josh, from the last ones. Did you find something to talk about with respect to the Gila Fleur? All time high on a, on a yeah on a PSA seven is eighteen hundred ninety five dollars from September of last year. Eighteen ninety five. Yeah, eighteen ninety five. So just under nineteen hundred. Okay, so a really good buy, and I you know given the condition of this card, the superior eye appeal rating. Um, I'd be pretty happy if I was a buyer relative to that comp that yes. we saw. Yeah. Do you have any other recent PSA seven comps just to compare the same grade, even though not all the cards within those grades are, are, are created equal? Oh, absolutely. And it is all over the place. The last sale was $584 on December 7th. Then the prior sale was at record sale of 1900 prior to that. It was 780, 720, 988. 1450. So okay. this is another one kind of like we talked with the Gretzky where it's the grade within the grade. Right? Yeah. 
And I think that's just a good sign that there's such fluctuation for cards within the same grade. It just tells me that the hobby is more picky on what they're getting. The Bergeron does $300. This is a, we're back to the point where we saw what these ended at. There's the Ovechkin at $1,260. $6,900 there. Sixty. Yeah, we saw these all uh, recently. Anyway, just want to make sure that we, we were... We, they were done when we looked at them last time. So we're good. We're good. All right. Well, back to the main page here. Is anything still going? Not So the auction for hockey is over. We looked at 23 or 24 of the cards. Um, yeah, that was that was fun, guy. I had a good time. Troy, it's uh come on. What's going on here? Let me get it. There we go. Troy, fun to have you on the show, man. Hope you hope you've had a good time. Anything uh Anything going on that you'd like to mention? Did you buy anything tonight in the auction? I didn't buy anything. It's like I can't do more than one thing at a time. So trying to <laughs> look at prices. And I did buy like some stuff. I don't know. I think four weeks ago, maybe or a month ago, I bought a couple things. But nothing tonight, even though I bookmarked enough. And <laughs> I just didn't get around to keep watching the bids and bidding. Anyone else, uh, anybody else in the chat, did you buy anything? I mean, Mitch, is that all you bought the one card? Anybody else want to share? Uh, if we don't get any more comments in the next uh, minute or so, we're going to wind this thing up and and uh, wish everybody a great week ahead. Josh, anything you'd like to address or, or anything you want to mention about the gong show? Anything coming up this week you'd like to let people know about? Uh, well, first of all, it was a great auction again. Always interesting cards. Learned a lot uh, while being on the show, so... That's always fun, too. Uh, it's a, a big week for us. We have a new episode coming out tomorrow morning. And then on th our episodes drop Monday and Thursday. This Thursday, we have the opportunity to uh, chat this weekend with Carbon Chung to kind of continue our, I guess, series on the cup release. And, and he, it's going to be a two-part interview with him that'll be this Thursday and the following Monday where we get into really the origin of Exquisite, the cup, and of all that he's got a lot of amazing stories and you helped us connect so thank you very much for that jeremy oh, i'm glad to hear i know he'll be uh he'll, you you guys he's like a must-have for you and i'm, I'm glad <laughs> that uh i'm glad he's coming on and i know your audience is gonna love to love to hear from carvin he's a wealth of knowledge uh maybe the biggest wealth of knowledge in hockey cards that is out there uh, although Grant Sand grounded upper deck could probably give him a run for his money too. He's been around for quite <laughs> some time uh, doing what he does so well as well. So um, that's cool. I'm excited. I can't wait to listen to those. You know, I've spent, I've talked to Carvin a ton, but you always pick up something new. So that's really cool. I look forward to those episodes on the sports cards live front. Everybody No Saturday episode next week. I have some uh, obligations to attend to, but we'll be back. Next Sunday, I believe, right here to cover the PWCC yep. weekly show again. We'll be doing a collectible live show next Sunday, almost almost with certainty. And uh, you never know. Maybe we'll do a Friday show uh, on for Sports Cards Live as well. Happy to announce, if you didn't catch it last night, uh, that I brought on a new sponsor for Sports Cards Live. That is Veriswap. So Veriswap right there. And, of course, Center Stage as well has been... Uh, nice loyal uh sponsor of sports cars live now for about a year so with that let's wrap it up fellas what do you think sounds good all right, all right. well guys thank you josh again as always this is i think episode six we've done this troy 
great to have you. We'll have you back again. We're going to mix in a couple other people for special guests, but we'll I'll definitely have you back, man. I, I love hanging out with you. To the chat, thank you guys all so much for being here for questions and comments. You know, we I appreciate it. Josh appreciates it. It's so much fun to uh, have that discussion with all of you. Appreciate that. Mitch, Mitch will be, Mitch, you're going to join us as a special guest. One of these Sundays coming up. Okay, with that, this episode is over. Goodbye. Good night. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.